ASI247.org is the website for this podcast, this listener-supported podcast. It only exists because of listeners like you being generous by pitching in a little gas money or buying a new engine. I don't know. You can do that at, again, ASI247.org. Just like the AM dial, resources are low here. Thank you for all that you do to make this show possible. Today, my friend, the one and only Seth Taylor stops by the podcast. We, If we are not called into the unknown, then we will stay infants in our spirituality. And so if, if your addiction, which inherently, and addiction by definition is unconscious suffering. Right. There is something in the unconscious, in the unknown, calling you forward to ask right. some better, deeper questions. And if, and that's why if, if we can kind of cast the light on it and stop calling it this evil thing, it's amazing how that removes the pressure. It removes that electrical negative charge on something. And you find freedom just in admitting that that your, your belief systems will be affected. They will be deconstructed. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's important. I mean, if your highest value is that my belief systems remain intact, you will not find freedom yeah. it's just the nature of it, it it's the nature of it, that i think the apostle paul spoke to that when he's saying you know i i continue to want i want to give you the solid food but it seems like all you want is the milk Baby, yeah. you know so i just yeah. i guess i guess to give you the milk because it seems like that's all you want he was calling people to maturity uh-huh. that leads us into it the unknown asi this is episode 38 my name is russ shaw your host Summer of CC is over from compulsion to creativity. How did that work for you? Russ at ASI247.org is my email address. Breaking into the fall. This is a new season, a new time of year. Let's kick it off. Yes, episode 38. This is, I'm titling this show Surrender, and my friend Seth Taylor is going to be on, and part of some of what we talk about is the reason I title it this way. In the 12 steps, that's the first step, right? It's big, and it can be translated a lot of ways. It can be thought about a lot of ways. But that number one step is um, my willpower is failing me, right? Um, I, I don't have the, 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 the stuff to keep this thing at bay and my life has become unmanageable. And that's the starting to seek higher power, right? starting to understand what spirit is and that that maybe just maybe there's something out there to believe in that's bigger than ourselves and 
it's laying this Nikki six, the guy who wrote that song that you heard the bumper music for the podcast today is by 6am. Uh, that song is called you've come to the right place. And one of the things that he said that, that for years he said he was fighting his demons, you know, Nikki six is a guy who's, he died twice. I died once of an alcohol overdose. Uh, Nikki six died twice of uh, drug-induced drug overdoses. Um, He was a heroin addict, wrote a book called The Heroin Diaries. Uh, I saw him in an interview, and he said that, I believe he said that in the the, uh, This Is Gonna Hurt book as well, which I listened to. I think it's on YouTube for free, by the way. Anyway, he said uh, he was in this tug-of-war with his demons for years, and one day he just let go with a rope. And there's something very beautiful about that. There's something very step one about that. And so that's why I asked that question. Um, the challenge for the summer being the summer of, you know, from compulsion to creativity, letting our compulsiveness um, let it loose in not being compulsive but if that's an energy that's trapped in your body that's trapped in your spirit can we divert some of that energy into being creative and I didn't hear a lot of feedback on that so again russ at asi247.org that's private right you can email me there I won't share that with the world all right unless you want me to I'll read it on the show if you'd like to to be a part of that. But I didn't hear from a lot of listeners on that. How how was your summer? Did you um, pick up a guitar? Did you take lessons? Did you start writing that story or that book? Um, how how did it go? Was there any movement in that area? Uh, it, it, was it a silly thing to throw out there? Like, I believe that that works, right? That attitude is energy. And when we can move our attitude from this kind of navel gazing, woe is me to noticing and realizing this creative energy that's in our bodies, um, there, there can be some life change there. Uh, my friend Cash Peters, who I had on the podcast before, uh, about a year ago now, we've been Facebook friends, Facebook reminded me of recently for a year. So Cash Peters does a podcast called the 30th Day Morning Review, uh, where he talks about his life and his growth and stuff like that. And one of the things he shared on his podcast was this book uh, by Brene Brown, uh, and she was talking about this unspent creativity that we all have it i've had a few people say that to me over the years well russ i'm just not the creative type man that's just not my personality you know and it's like no you know i'm gonna call bullshit on that because the truth is everyone creates we all have this creative energy within us everyone does but i think it can go dormant it can it can turn inward on itself and and i realized that with some of my again my my sexual acting out or my pull towards working myself into an orgasm again that in there there's there's energy spent what she said this brene brown is that unspent creativity it turns inward after a while and it mastitizes i think that some of us see this in 
people who troll, right? If you've been on Facebook or if you've shared anything, social media, and someone starts trolling, right? Somebody just, just negative. They just find every way to pick it apart and, and pull it apart and find every negative thing to say about it. That's also energy. And when it comes to unwanted behavior or changing this habit, right? I think that we don't consciously know or aren't aware of our ability to do that to ourselves. And I believe that a big part of surrender, of realizing you're created and that you have a creator, is realizing that God, the, the creator of all things, from whom all blessings flow, also sees himself and his creation. That's you and me. All right. God sees herself speaking on the Holy Spirit, right? This feminine energy around the Holy Spirit that's in the Bible. It's in the book of Numbers. It's it's all over the Bible. When the, the Spirit is referred to in very feminine language, um, God sees us in his slash herself. All right. And that's true. So when we become aware of that, things start to change. And that's why I tend to have less of a behavior mod approach to this thing. And I'm not against the behavior mod approach. I think that can be helpful, but it's super also really helpful to understand your image of yourself that you reflect back to yourself. Does that make sense? We're made to create. That's in the book of Genesis, right? What are we, what are humans to do? You know, people would say, oh, it's the cultural mandate, you know, subdue the earth. But it's not just that. It's to create beauty. It's to put out there um, something beautiful, something useful, something good in the world. It's blessing the world. And yes, even with our sadness, even with our tears, there is a, a philosopher, I forget his name, but this just came to mind, um, that said that a, a good poet, a good songwriter is someone who, who weeps and their tears are art, right? That they cry and colors come out. There's, there's beauty in it and others get to see it, get to experience it. I don't know, sounds worldly, Russ, right? There's that, that troll voice comes in and it's like, eh, I can see that as worldly. Um, John 3.16, all right? God so loved the world that he gave, right? He gave his only begotten son. Uh, the verse that follows that is usually skipped. Um, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Some translations would say redeem the world. That's a value statement. That's an economic statement. It's, it's beautiful. It's life-giving. Anyhow, again, Russ at ASI247.org. Also, there's a survey page on the website. ASI247.org, where I, I read surveys uh, sometimes on the show. Not all of them, but I, I do read some, and uh, I encourage you to check that out. There's a number of surveys up 
on the website there where I will ask you questions that, uh, again, I'm not a therapist. This isn't digital therapy. I'm not sonic some kind of clinician. I'm I'm just a dude who's been through it and I've experienced the pain of it. All right. And, uh, I'm going to ask you questions there that I'm willing to bet that not a lot of people have asked you and ho- hopefully, uh, it's, it's a life giving and, and helpful. Um, but again, uh, I'm, you know, not a clinician or expert in any way, shape or form. <laughs> so, Take that. I'm just a dude, just just a friend asking you questions in the digital realm. All right. So anyway, on the other end of this bumper, uh, my friend Seth Taylor and I speaking on the topic of uh, surrender, giving up, letting go. I thought that I was dead. I thought my life was over. You could have snapped my neck. Seth Taylor on the podcast. <laughs> yes, uh, my friend Seth Taylor. Once again, we're hanging out in my car. And we do this a lot. Recording it's a not podcast. Weird. Yeah, we're usually <laughs> at a coffee shop. Yeah, but you can't hear that much at the coffee shop. No. But dude, I wanted to have. We were having a conversation about this at the coffee shop, and then I thought, hey, why don't we record a podcast? Might as well. Yeah. Since that happens a lot. Seth Taylor, for those of you who don't know, a friend of mine wrote the book uh, "Feels Like Redemption." Uh, author of My Pilgrimage and the workbook, Triple yeah. uh, X Church uh, published your work, mm-hmm. which is uh, awesome. Those guys, uh, you, you know, are, are pretty famous for helping folks out or raising awareness about the porn industry, stuff like that. My Pilgrimage, there's another kind of push for it on Triple X Church this fall, right? Yeah. Getting yeah. people into the uh, the program, yeah. as it were. Yeah. Uh, recorded a podcast with my friend Derek uh, a few episodes ago, which was pretty controversial. Um, and your approach to this is very much outside the box, right, Seth? Well, outside of the evangelical box, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very sure. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's outside the box in some therapeutic circles. But, right. Yeah. And that's what's, what I like about it and why I endorsed it even. And I don't endorse a lot of things. I even tell a lot of authors and stuff. I'll have them on the podcast to say, "Listen, you know, I'm not I'm not here to say that your thing is the best thing on the earth. <laughs> I'm just here to hear your story, you know, and uh, which is true. But what you're doing, because it does have so much therapeutic and and, and behavioral science, and not old behavioral science, right? Like not old kind of." Freudian right. <laughs> sort of uh, behavior replacement therapy and stuff like that that doesn't work long term, <laughs> right. uh, but really modern. This stuff exists in the body, right? Like that is that is just in the last decade of, of behavioral science, which is really cool. And it, this is some of this material that you get into in, in my pilgrimage, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The core the core of it is just. 
you know, and, and there's a theological element that can't be ignored, right? The core of my thinking was was a marriage. We can call it psycho-spiritual. You know, it's a marriage of therapeutic thinking with 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 spirit, Christian mysticism, spiritual mysticism. The idea that that the spirit is something that's actually capable of healing us and transforming us. So, right. and I try to get, I try to lead people into that, walk people into that, and and the that's idea that's the faith-based part of this. Right? Yeah, you're well, not a psychologist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm not a psychologist. No, I mean, but I, you know, I have therapeutic training, but it's, but what I'm trying to do more than anything is get people to, uh, to, you know, <laughs> just be honest about the idea that 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 you know, if if it's required to shit bricks in order to find freedom, it's not really freedom. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Excuse my French. <laughs> the show is marked explicit. Right, right. As it should be. Right. You, you don't listen to a show on sexual addiction while driving around with your five-year-old. That's a good point. <laughs> well, I do. I'm trying to prep them. Because, you know, it was the average kids getting exposed at, what, 11 years old now? Oh, that's true. So by the time, yeah. you know, by, you know they, they're going to be exposed by six here pretty soon, okay, yeah. I'm guessing. so. Oh, man. This is true. That and you are also have suffered with this, as, as I have, too. That's part Part of the the genesis of this podcast is is and you and I why do we do this kind of thing this kind of work because we've been through it and because yeah. it hurts and that kind of suffering it's like hey yeah. you know Seth and I are just guys going hey there's a better way like yeah. let's go this way yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know it's interesting that we were talking and when we were having coffee we were talking about that that quote it was either Thoreau or Emerson it's one of the transcendentalists where he said most men live lives of quiet desperation yeah. and they go to the grave with the song still in them and I think that you and I have and, and there, you know, we know other people in this space that there's there. I have a serious compassion towards that quiet desperation. Right. Uh, that man or that woman living in quiet desperation to me is such a, a horrible kind of suffering. Yeah. And and it's a very common suffering in our culture for sure. You know what I mean? It's a very common common thing where they're just kind of surviving until they die. And it's it, life is too short to to not take something like this on. And it's funny how yeah. taking something like this on also reveals other parts of yourself like it's not just about you don't look at dirty pictures and touch your private parts right? right, right. but there's something too going into that place for the sake of healing that changes other things yeah. right like yeah. the one thing you said too that I, that, I, that I love um and i've said this to another christian guy i was asked to be on another dude's podcast and I don't know if I will or not but that's one thing that I, I said is that you know the same level of consciousness that gets you into a space is not going to get you out right right yeah well said that's the cry to Einstein right when he said you know you can't solve a problem from the same level of consciousness that created it yeah right yeah and that's that's the idea is that I this is the reason we call it a pilgrimage the idea right. that actually, you no, know, this this whole the affliction of sexual addiction or, or porn addiction and the things that is actually a sacred thing, and if we put it in a sacred space and say this is the thing calling you yeah. into the unknown, and, and we if we are not called into the unknown, then we will stay infants in our spirituality. And so if if your addiction, which inherently and addiction by definition is unconscious suffering, right. there is something in the unconscious, in the unknown calling you forward to ask right. some better deeper questions and if and that's why if if we can kind of cast the light on it and stop calling it this evil thing it's amazing how that removes the pressure it removes that electrical negative charge on something and you find freedom just in admitting that that if we can just go oh my addiction is sacred if we if, if anybody listening to this right now were to stop and take a deep breath and say my addiction is sacred as a mantra just can say it 
my addiction is sacred. Yeah. It's leading me into the unknown. Just those two sentences. You could say that over and over and you, it will start having a reaction in your body because you're right away, man, that light just starts kind of shedding into that space. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of it being, you're controlled by me. Yeah. Like you, I got you. Yeah. That, or that, that Metallica song, right? Uh, Master of Puppets is pulling your strings. You right. Know? Right. This, this, this is so true. Um, there's another thing that uh, there's a push in psychology today that is trying to get away from the words sexual addiction and using the words intimacy disorder, which I find really interesting. And that's where Derek and I were talking about. And he was kind of like, we, we record this podcast and he goes, well, I was kind of reluctant to tell you <laughs> where I'm at with, with the porn. He says, because my wife and I kind of came to an agreement where all this years of him trying really hard to quit doing it right. wasn't working. So they just kind of came to an agreement where he's going to look at it and she's not real happy about it but it's just just you know he says I'm not gonna lie to you I'm not gonna hide this anymore this is where I'm at and he yeah. says an amazing thing happened it got better yeah it's not controlling his life like sure. it used to sure. because of the it, it, speak to that a little bit because you talk about yeah. that in your book as well yeah yeah well I talk about shame being shame being this kind of electrical charge that's placed on our desires yeah so anytime you take a desire like like sexuality, uh -huh. sex—the desire for erotic, beautiful, explosive, courageous sex—okay, is a good thing. Yeah, as <laughs> a good, healthy thing. That's right. And if we, I like to remind Christians that if it wasn't for sex, we wouldn't all be here. Like, why are you for so afraid? Great to point. Talk? <laughs> well, and if we call it the thing is the whole idea is if you look, take any desire you have and call uh -huh. it evil. Yeah. Any desire. Somebody's like, well, what if I want to rape kids? I'm like, yeah. Let's look at the desire, yeah. free of judgment. Let's look at it because if we can free it of the judgment then it removes the kind of electrical charge that we have, we place on it. Almost like how you charge a battery or a magnet, like negative or positive. Right. Shame is that charge. So you call it evil, it charges it, and it creates a polarity, which it creates addiction. It causes us to have to deny and repress and suppress. And so that's where all this comes from. So the second you go, you know what? I'm gonna enjoy this. You know what, I mean? what happens right. is that charge gets removed, and all of a sudden the desire actually will let up a bit. It's fascinating. You can, and for some people, it'll completely. That'll be it. For some people, it's deeper. It goes much deeper into their shadow. I had one guy, a client of mine in my life coaching. I was like working with him, and we didn't even talk about porn. You know, we, we chatted just a little bit at the beginning, and that, and that was it. And then we started going into shame and just going into the internal belief systems that he has about himself. And within three weeks, I remember he goes, "Hey, I don't know if I told you this, but I stopped looking at porn." Oh, yeah. Like he's like I don't know, I don't know why I just don't right. want to anymore. Oh yeah yeah it's because we're giving you permission to feel we're giving you permission to go into that pain we're giving you all that kind of stuff so all that stuff you were medicating right. because it demanded it from that repressed space you, it, it's up here now and you right. can actually work with it you can cry tears that need to be cried you can rage if you need to rage you know you can scream the screams you know there's all that and, and it's just and it doesn't work out like that I have one guy I knew who like he removed the shame the addiction was still there. And he's like, it's weird. I don't feel bad about it anymore. Like he's somebody, and I go, and now it's driving you to deeper questions. He's like, yeah, because right. I'm wondering why isn't it gone yet? Yeah. Okay, and that leads you deeper. This is why we're being the compulsivity led. to yeah. it is still there, and that right. leads them deeper. Right. Or even, like, you know, we'll, we'll even go back to what you said about like kids, right? Because there's people in the sound of our voice. Odds are, yeah, that do have that desire. Sure. And yeah. when you go into that, what? How would you address that in, well, into the, that and that's, desire? And that's big, right? Because there's all yeah. this shame, there's all this guilt, there's all that thing connected to it. And and that's why I'm always telling people, well, like meditative practices, spiritual uh -huh. practices that go into the body are really important there. Because this whole narrative 
of sexual attraction to kids, right? That's a narrative. That's a story that gets created in the mind. This is the thing I need. This is the thing I want. Right. Any any of that stuff. That's what that is. Now, if you if you just let's just take the mental construct and set it aside for a second and go, what's the feeling in the body? What's the body experiencing? Right. You know. And if your body is is like well, well when I see pictures of kids, my body gets fired up. Let's go into what the energy is. Yeah. Because your ego is creating some pretty, some pretty demented stuff, or some demented is not even the right word. It, what it does is it, it's it, almost like a confusion, right? Right. This is where you know people get into strange fetishes and things like that, yeah. or into really, really damaging stuff. And some of this points to the past too, right? And the deep past. Yeah. Right. This is where we because eighty-five percent of child molesters are victims. Absolutely. So we're talking about some of the numbers. We're talking about severe trauma, yeah. early childhood trauma. We're talking about cellular memory at times. I think there's things that we carry inside of our body that have nothing to do with this life, you know. And that's and people, a lot of Christians really struggle with that concept. But every cell in your body is a billion years old, minimum, you yeah. know. And people are much more complex than simply did mom and dad do a good job or not. Yeah. And so the question then is, what do you want? And does the spirit have the ability to lead us? To that truth, like it says in the Bible, right? It says in First John, the Spirit will lead you into all truth, right. right? And so, if we are seeking that genuinely, going, I want to, I want to be free of this. And then, do we have the courage to follow what the Spirit is leading us into, or are we going to let the ego go? Eh, I'll think about it. I'll talk about it. I ain't going to do it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is what most people do. This is why we were talking earlier about the idol, the idolatry of intelligence, right? How it's you know, like you know, it's very much on the liberal side, right? It's a big part of the liberal. You know, idolatry is oh, we're just all so smart. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's yeah. so smart. If you we, just knew, yeah, how you're raping the planet, right? And if you, you just, wouldn't have and these if, storms, you know, and there's this silly idea of God's <laughs> existence and all this kind of thing, and you just, yeah. you'd be free. This is Marx. This is Feuerbach, right? If you just Nietzsche, get, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get rid of this idea that this God is over you, and go, well, yeah, they can give you a certain amount of freedom, but not the freedom I'm talking about. Yeah, a freedom that is not only there's there's ultimate freedom there, but it's but it's replaced with joy. Peace. I'm talking about the freedom of the mystics, freedom of the Gandhi of the Gandhis of the world, where he lives in a deep revolutionary freedom. But he's sitting there. He, he, I mean, he overthrew the British Empire by sewing clothing and starving himself instead of someone else. Right. You know what I mean? It's yeah, a fascinating. Yeah. It's a fascinating thing. Yeah. You know. But ultimately, for me, I, I, I think it's very much about. Oh, it's always about going into the body. Right. It's the body experiencing. You know. Um, it's a. It's compl- has a lot of complexity to it. You know, and it's it's bearing good fruit. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is bearing. It is bearing terms. some very good fruit. Now, Christians will struggle at times because if if your idea of bearing good fruit is that people are, you know, believing the, the right evangelical things. narrative, yeah, yeah, more and more and more, that's the good fruit. My, for me, the good fruit is someone saying, "I I once was blind, now I see." Yeah. Whatever I'm experiencing, I can't explain it. There is freedom. Yeah. I don't. I don't look at it. I don't want to look at it. I don't even feel bad if I do look at it. I just feel free. Right. And that's... You're that's, telling that story in your book where the the Pharisees kind of corner the dude. Right. Who's, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Was it the right theology? Yeah. That's, a, that's what they're saying, right? Know. You know this guy heals by the power of Beelzebub? He's like, oh, well, okay, but... I was blind, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know how I see. And that's... That is kind of the big deal. And that's you know? something that is prepare listeners for, too, because it's not just consciousness. It's your old belief systems. Some of those are going to have to shed, yeah. right? Yeah. And, well, and, and that, may cause, that may cause some friction in relationships. Yeah. You may have to, like... Um, the, when, once the toothpaste gets out of the tube, yeah. once your consciousness starts to expand, right. like some of these guys is like, you're going to look around your church and go... 
God, what if I don't belong here anymore, right? right? Well, and, or you try to have deep conversations with some of those people at church, and they just look at you like you're Beelzebub, right? the Pharisees, right? right? Yeah. Like, what I, think, I think it's impossible to really seek the, the kind of depth of freedom that we're talking about without your your belief systems will be affected. They will be deconstructed. Yeah. You know, it's 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 impossible. I mean, if your highest value is that my belief systems remain intact, you will not find freedom yeah. it's just the nature of it. it it's the nature of it, that I think the Apostle Paul spoke to that when he's saying when he was saying I think it was to the Ephesians when he's saying you know I, I continue to want I want to give you the solid food but it seems like all you want is the milk Baby, yeah. you know so I just yeah. keep, I guess I guess give you the milk because it seems like that's all you want he was calling people to maturity uh-huh. that leads us into it the unknown right this is Richard Rohr talks about the two halves of life in the first half of life there's this egoic move towards certainty and in the second half of life we can drop that and begin to ask a deeper question right right and he was saying our religious traditions should lead us into that but unfortunately you know there are very few I mean he's a Franciscan and Franciscans do a great job of that well I mean not a great job but they do they do a pretty good job (laughs) of going this is the nature of spiritual maturity is to move into unknown yeah move into a deeper a depth of mystery Right, because that is the nature of God. Yeah, if we if we are going to continue to claim that God is like, it's is getting certain, from epistemological. Is that that's the word, right? Epistemology. Yeah, yeah. to what we know right. more of an existential, well, in, in uncomfortable place. Well, and even a metaphysical, right? Like we yeah. getting into the metaphysical where it's like there is this deep mystery and it's held in the body. Right, you know, yeah, existential. Right. We can still kind of keep it in our brain, right? You That's know? true. You know, you can, we can philosophize the shit out of this thing. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's and the, you yeah. know, and that's and that I think is where we get some of that idolatry of intelligence, right? Everybody sitting around going, "Well, we just know so much more than everybody else." But yeah, does that make you happy? Yeah. Are you happy because of it? You know, I, like a friend of mine, you know, had said to me before when Pete, you know, Pete Rollins and I were talking, he's like, "Well, it gives me a certain measure of freedom, but there's something missing, and you know it, kind of thing." Yeah, yeah, and. And that's because, you know, true freedom is felt. Yeah. Not thought. Exactly. It's felt, so... We did, a, uh, on the Punk Theology podcast, we did a thing uh, called Stages. We did an episode called Stages. And it, it's all about feeling that movement. Because if you don't feel it, like, we're going through that, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. I met with a guy yesterday. I had a coffee with a friend who's an ex-Mars Hill pastor who uh, was talking about the loneliness. Mm-hmm. It feels kind of lonely out here. You know, right. Uh, right. Yeah. and that's that's real. Yeah, and that and that's what I call a transitionary space. Yeah, the loneliness and moving from one. You know, Bruce Sanglin calls it holding tanks. We're moving from one holding tank to another one, because like each stage, there's a tank, and, and the whole idea is that the next one is going to be larger. Yeah, and larger until we're in the ocean. Right. You know what I mean? And but the the transitions from one to the other, there is a loss. You know, yeah. the Rob always told me he's like, for everything you gain, you lose something else. And he see, I, t- I asked him, I said, what's the key to transitions? He said, you know, to transitioning from one chapter of life to another. And he said, have funerals. Yeah. He said, have lots of funerals because right. you know, everything you gain, you lose something else. And I think people struggle with that because they don't think that they're ever supposed to actually have to lose right. lose anything. You know, like my, fi- I might lose my shallow Bible study friends, or yeah. we were talking about that too, and. Even with the, the this the punk theology thing, this this experiment, there like I have six friends now. Like I didn't think I could find one, yeah. right? Yeah. Like even when you and I, because I've interviewed a lot of authors, and then you and I kind of hit it off. Like, oh, yeah. this guy, you were on the same kind of yeah. understanding yeah. With, with this topic, right, right. where with a lot of people is just oh, it's more kind of behavior mod and all that stuff. And I'm yeah. like, wow, you're here's a guy that thinks outside of the behavior mod box. Yeah. Yeah. 
and then there's others out there, and you kind of find them as well. It's sort of like matrix analogy, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they, yeah. and they find you. Yeah. Your community will begin to surround you, and you're like, oh, well, all of a sudden I've kind of got this yeah. new space. But it's, it's it, not like you have to go looking for them. Right. They start to show up. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. Kind of really they cool. start to show up in your life because it's the natural, it's in nature of how we kind of create our own realities, right? Yeah. That you know, and I think that, that the hard thing about it is it's scary because pe- people are having to having to start to reach for things that maybe their internal beliefs, because of whatever abuse or trauma they carry, says you don't deserve this. Yeah. And like you and I have talked about that a lot because we we've, we've both had struggles with money, right? I don't, yeah. I don't deserve to be great at something. I don't deserve to be paid well. I don't deserve... Like, that's the unconscious belief system. Even on our brains, we're like, we're so smart and talented, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> but I go, why yeah. am I making more money than yeah, Where's the fruit? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, it, you know, changing yeah. that reality is a lot easier said than done. Yeah. You know, but... Um, but it's possible. It is. I know that I, I've... I started realizing really early on, oh, I can change anything if I'm willing to go into that valley of the shadow of death right if you know it's like we were talking about Yoda you know if I can go into that cave yeah I can change anything I want and I'm and, and that's a hard and fast rule for me you can change anything yeah and anything is possible that's Which, such a good scene too because he gets out of the cave and he's like I'm out of here right right right. it's painful yeah he's like no you're not ready yet you're not ready yet yeah, yeah. stay stay keep doing your work keep doing your work he wants him to go in yeah no no no, no. I'm good now I'm yeah. good I'm out you know and it, and it uh, takes him a long time before he actually goes and, and it's funny because the new one that's coming out is more of that like yeah I've spent the last like 30 years like meditating in a cave <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly so no. the shades of gray in that too were kind of bugging me a little bit but anyway past the Star Wars thing yeah yeah you shared a story about a, a post on Facebook in the Mike Pilgrimage area where a guy had the book or the workbook in a vault Oh yeah, my brother showed that to me. He was like, uh, a few of the guys, I guess, have kept their workbooks like locked in safes. You know, right. I think part of that's probably because I think uh, you know, the, stata- the stats were telling us that like half the guys in my pilgrimage Facebook group, at least, there's like a couple hundred guys in there. Um, half of them haven't even told their wives that they have porn addictions. Oh wow, which is amazing. But 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 a lot of them, it was a picture of a guy. He had his workbook in there, and he was talking about how it's taken him a good year and a half to work through it because he said it was you know it gotten through the videos and all that stuff pretty easy but but the experience of going through a, you know the, the guidebook is a therapeutic experience right and going through that people don't want to do that yeah and again they'd rather they can read about it talk about it you know watch a video about it they can consume information and their ego can just deflect it like a samurai right you know? but to actually go through it. We were talking about that with Tony Robbins' books. Like, right. there's a million books that the guy's written on. Here's how to get rich. Like, how many people actually get rich? Yeah. Because it's like what, what you wrote is more of a you go through this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the guidebook's very much about going into your shadow and dealing with the real stuff. I mean, and that's. But that's where freedom is found, man. That's yeah. where freedom is found. People. Very, lots of people talk about freedom. Very few people find it because most people just don't want to go where it takes them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Seth, thanks. Yeah, man. Thanks, thanks for being on the me. podcast again. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, my pilgrimage is out there. What? Mypilgrimage.com. SethAllenTaylor.com, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing life coaching, doing uh, some other stuff, working on all kinds of stuff, trying to revolutionize. There we go. Stuff. We are saving. So we're trying to solve all the world's problems. That's <laughs> what we're doing. Hey, most of the stuff <laughs> I'm doing now, my name's nowhere on it. I'm putting stuff out in places and people, and nobody knows who wrote it. I'm just trying to make stuff that helps, you know? Nice. So, um, yeah, I like we'll, it. We'll see what happens. It's, yeah. It's moving through our, our stories and having it affect others. Yeah. Imagine that. 
Can we live? Well, later. Later.